If you would like more information about Jubilee Church, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Well, we are going to be starting a new series, a seven-part series uh, titled Killing What's Killing You. And this isn't some like, we're not very creative, we're very old school, we didn't come up with this. Uh, this, this comes from a 17th century theologian called John Owen, and this is what he said. He said this, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Have you guys remember that game Mortal Kombat? Anybody? <laughs> so like what he was saying is like we are in constant combat. That if you're not moving to kill sin in your life, it's moving to kill you. It's not just a, a bad habit or an unpleasantry or something kind of annoying. It's something that must be killed. And so we're in this series, uh, we're going to take a look at some seven of the big ones. You could call that, they, sometimes they're called besetting sins or dominating sins. Sins that are just kind of always there you know, in the background. They're part of your operating system as a, as a human. They're always there. And, and this week, we're going to, I think, hit the biggest one, uh, worry. Worry, may, you may not even know that that is a sin, but it's actually the, one of the most common commands in the Bible is to not worry. Jesus says, do not, be, you know, do not fear, do not worry. You know, worry is outlawed in my kingdom. It cannot happen, which means it's just like lying or, or, or stealing or even murder. It's, it's, it's a sin that we're not supposed to do. Um, and in fact, it's more dangerous than we realize. Uh, the, the word worry comes from a German word, which means to choke or to strangle. And I think when we're in moments of anxiety and worry, it feels that way. It's, it's this worry is, is choking the life out of my marriage. It's choking the life out of of the relationship I have with my children. It's choking the life out of the, the joy and the, the peace that I, that I can have in life. And, and I'm going through a season right now where I really relate to that. Like, I've never thought of myself as, as a worrier. I mean, I didn't do, like, the whole midlife crisis thing. You know, I'm, I think I'm getting past midlife. I don't know, I'm 44. You do the math. And the, um, but I, I've never thought of myself that way. But I, over this past year or so, I've just noticed in myself just, like, anxiousness and, and, and worry. And, and like, you know, we've got this big building project out in our Kirkwood location and like, you know, millions of dollars. And some of you are like, oh, should we be doing that? I'm like, of course we should. And I go home. I'm like, I don't know. And so we uh, <laughs> like, you know, like, why did you bring that up? And, um, you know, and, and just leadership changes and, and the stress and, and all that plus, 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 
Um, you know, there's like upwards of, you know, you experience church in this bite size, but there's upwards of 1,100 people who call Jubilee home and the, all those, all your issues, you know, they funnel through the office and, and you hear about, and some of you guys are going through some really difficult, weighty stuff and um, which makes me feel good about my problems. No, they, they, but they, some difficult things and like, I, I feel the weight of that. And like, I'll wake up thinking about some of you got like, just like, man, the thing that you're going through and it weighs on me or what I'm going through. And, and it just, you can feel that pressure and I can feel it beginning to, to, to choke at that. And I think we can all relate to, we have to relate to this. I mean, when you look at the stats on stress and anxiety, it's huge. I mean, did you know, did you know that stress is our uh, medication related to worry and anxiety is a $55 billion a year, uh, $55 billion is spent on medication. In fact, medication related to worry and anxiety is the number one prescription right now in America. Number one. Let me just pause right there real quick. Uh, and I'm going to say this once just to be clear and then move on because we won't go back. Uh, that's okay. That's great. If, if you're on medication, it, that, that's okay. What I don't want to be the result of today is for anyone to feel some kind of false guilt overtaking medication or have taken medication or thinking about taking medication. Um, you know, if there was something wrong with my blood pressure, I would take medication. If there was something wrong with my heart or some other organ, like I would take medication uh, to fix that. And there could be something physically uh, wrong that's affecting um, worry and anxiety. And I just say like, man, that's God's uh, common grace to us. And, and so I just want to be super clear, like that's okay. And, and counseling, and there's other things like that out there um, that are great. I, I'm just, so if you're, if that's where you're at on, with medica- taking medication, that's okay. I don't want you to feel false guilt, but we're going to, I'm going to move on from that because this is, this is such a, a big deal uh, in our culture. I mean, again, I read um, from the CDC Center of Disease Control, it estimates that up to 90% of all doctor visits may be attributed to stress-related illness. So I just went ahead and like made, did a, wrote out everything that causes stress and worry. And I, and I, and I summarized them into three main headings, and, and here they are. Can we show these? We won't, we won't show them. There they are. No, here they are, right there. Past, present, and future. Other than that, we're doing fine. Like every, if we could just... That's all we worry about. It's not just a big issue in our life. It's actually a big issue in the Bible. Um, I kind of hinted at this earlier. But by far and away, um, the, the biggest command in the Scriptures does not address our honesty. It does not address our sexuality. It does not address our charity. The biggest command in the Bible is to fear not to not be afraid, and to not worry. God in his wisdom knew that this was going to be the number one issue in our life. And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to, we're going to do some slaying today of this big one, worry. And we're, I cannot think of a better place to go than Philippians. Um, and here's why. Paul wrote this letter in prison, but he wasn't just in prison. He was awaiting a death sentence. He was on death row. And here's what's so interesting about the, the book of Philippians. That's why I love it. Even though Paul wrote this letter from death row, there are more references to joy in Philippians than any other book in the entire New 
Testament. So if I'm talking to a guy in death row and he cannot stop talking about how happy he is, that's a guy we can learn from. And he, here, I just want to prepare you. He's going to give us some input and advice that's going to be so different from what maybe your friends give you. I mean, I know, I know like in moments when I'm stressed out, people are like, okay, Brian, let's look at your schedule. You know, are you working too much or you, you know, you need a vacation. Like that's what you need. You need a vacation. That's why you're so stressed or, or let's, you know, maybe they're like, Hey, let's look at your friendships. Make sure you get rid of any kind of draining relationships or like maybe it's sugar. Brian, you, you have, you're taking too, too much sugar. You should get rid of sugar and like caffeine or something. It's like, there's something out there, Brian, that's causing you to be so worried and stressed. And that's why you need to, you need to get rid of those things. Here's the thing with Paul. Paul does not address anything external. So you can keep drinking coffee. It's okay. It's, you keep sugar all, it's fine. He doesn't, maybe you should stop some of those things. It's not like it's bad advice, but here's the good news. Here's the good news. He doesn't address anything external. He, he doesn't say, Hey, the problem is out there. He, he says the problem is in here. Now, that's bad news and good news. Bad news is because we don't like being the problem. But the good news means it is an industrial strength joy that is going to be sustaining and is going to be true for you regardless of circumstances. Now, because I love you and care about you, I'm going to give you a corny preacher phrase. I don't like doing corny stuff, but I think it's going to help you remember what we're talking about here. Right here. So this is a corny one. The issue is not your enemies. It's your inner me. See that? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The issue is not your enemies. It's not out there. It's, it's, it's not your ex. It's not your boss. It's not your kids. It's not your spouse. It's not your job. It's not, it's not the government. It's not any of those things. It's not your enemies. It's nothing. But Brian, you don't know my. You don't know my ex. They, they're so spiteful. The things that they say. Brian, you don't. You don't know what. You don't know what my boss is like. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know the stress I'm under. Paul's like, hey, I'm on death row. I got my hymnal. I'm. You can be joyful. The issue is not your enemies. It's your inner me. So. What Paul does, he's got a five point inspection for us to to figure out. Uh, the, the source and solution to our worry. You know how you go to like, you know, Dobbs or Jiffy Lube or something like that and they give you like a 21-point inspection to figure out what's wrong with your car? Well, you should. Maybe there's something wrong with your car too, but today we're gonna worry about worry. So we got five points. Ready? Number one, check your source. Check your source of joy. What is your source of joy? Paul says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord. So his source of joy is in the Lord. What is your source of joy? His source is rejoice in the Lord. Guess what? Always. When it's in the Lord, it's always. Um, as Dylan said earlier, that we, in the intro, that, that uh, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if if your source of joy is in the Lord, you could have level 10 joy yesterday, today, and forever, regardless of circumstance, when that is your source. If your source is anything else, as the scriptures say, it's like sinking sand. Now, I'm gonna do something else because I love you so much. Alex, would you kind of help me up? I am going to get on something that's pretty dangerous here because I want to help prove a point. Um. And what this is, is I think it's called a fit ball. 
So I'm going to go ahead and stand on this right now. I'm all right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so now I'm going to make my next point. So what this is, this is a football. Uh, by the way, it's the third time I've done it today. I'm ready to go to the beach, man, because this is working my abs. It's working my abs. But it's raining outside, so... Um, so what this football is designed to do, it's designed to introduce the instability into your legs. So if you only see it like you've got instability, my, my feet are moving all over the place. So that, your, so that your oblique, so that your core could never be at rest. It's, I'm always adjusting, always changing to the instability in my legs that are causing me to move around. And it gets a pretty good workout at you know, the, the nine was okay. The 10 was a little bit better. Now I'm really feeling the burn right now, guys. So let me tell you. Now, so the, here's the deal. Like, if your joy is sourced in anything but God, if, you're, if the source of your joy is instable, in, it's, there's instability in, in your joy, in, in your source of joy, it means that you can never be at rest. You can never be at peace because your source, your foundation is always changing. You see, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you know what isn't? The behavior of your kids. So if your source of joy is how well your kids are doing, you'll never be at peace. If your source of peace is, well, I'm, I'm smart and I'm successful, you, that, that, it's, not, it's unstable. If, you, if, you're, if it's just your finances and like the stock market, and oh, it's down another 600 points. And stable, your, your source of joy. If, you, if your source of, of, of joy comes from uh, your political party doing what it needs to be, and stable. Since anything is unstable. Now, I got to get off this because I'm, I'm, I'm done. Hey, let's thank Alex, everyone. Thank you, Alex, for that workout. Appreciate that. So, you got to check your source, your source of joy. Uh, number two, you got to check your position. Check your position. Check your posture. How are you positioning yourself in relationship to God? See, because because uh, he, he uh, Paul writes in uh, Philippians four. He's the next verse in verse six. Excuse me. He says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything pray." If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Peter says this. He, he kind of adds to what Paul's saying. He says, "Cast." Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. In other words, if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. So whatever it is that you, if it comes in your mind, oh my gosh, how am I going to get everything done I need to get done today? It's on your mind. It's on God's heart. Pray about it. Cast your anxieties on him. You know, I, you know I'm getting ready to go back to school and relationships and degrees and GPA. And if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Pray about it. My finances, da, da, da. It's, cast your anxieties on him, having this posture. And the, way, the only way that you're going to have this posture is if you place yourself in a position of, man, my legs are kind of wobbly, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, Got to get rid of some of that acid. Okay. Um, if you have to have this position of humility, notice it says, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, which, by the way, it's why we need to be in things like community group, because we need to be, it, our humility before God is before one another. We, we confess our sins to one another. We, we are like, hey, you know, it's not just before God that you're honest. It's, it's, it's in the context of community. And so that's why it doesn't even, 
distinguish the two between having humility before each other and humility before God. It says, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of, of God. And that's why we, we know that he loves us. Because, you know, remember Peter? Peter, even if you didn't grow up in church, you probably heard this story when he walked on water. And he walked on water. He, Jesus was, allowed him to walk on water. And every time he was able to focus his eye, when he was focusing on Jesus, he was looking at Jesus. He was looking at, he walked on the water. But then he began to doubt. He, he looked to his right and he fell. What was Jesus' response? His response wasn't like, serves you right, now you're gonna drown. Like he, no, it says that he reached out his hand and grabbed him. You see, when we, when we have these, when we go through stress, man, he cares for us. We can cast our anxieties on him because he cares for us, but we have to be in this place of humility that says, I'm not in control. I can't control things. And, you know, that's really a source of our worry is we like to control things. You know, there are, there are ways that and we think we should be able to control things. There are ways that we are meant to be like God and there are ways that we're not to be like God. And, and theologians have, have categorized them into two main categories, the communicable attributes of God that we should be like, like a communicable disease, you can catch it, incommunicable, we can't have. So the communicable ones are like love, grace, mercy, kindness, and all. Yeah, we want, that's the, those are the ones that we're meant to be like, but the truth is we don't really want those. We want the incommunicable ones. So when it comes to worry, this is what's going on. We, we, want, we want to be omniscient. We want omniscience, omni-all, science, knowledge. We want all knowledge. He has all knowledge. We want all knowledge. And here's the truth. We wor- worry, here's how you can define worry. Worry is nothing more than a frustrated aspiration to omniscience. We know it'll be- make us happy, a good job, a good relationship. We know it'll make us happy, and we're afraid that God won't get it right. So we worry. So we have to check our position. Are we in this place of humility? Are we humbling ourselves before God? knowing that his mighty hand is here to reach us so we can cast all of our anxieties on us because he cares for us. Let me show you another verse. This really helps me out. And I go to this one a lot, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. I have to tell this to, me all, to myself all the time. So when I read this, I read it this way. Because here's this line right here. This is my part. This is God's part. And you got to make sure that you stay on the right line because we want to go over here. We want to go over here to being omniscient knowing what our tomorrow's like and directing it and guiding it and we get worried about this. But all we have to really worry about is over here. So I say to myself, trust in the Lord with all Brian Mowry's heart and do not lean on Brian Mowry's understanding in all Brian Mowry's ways and all of his financial ways, his marriage ways, his relationship ways, his job ways, all those in all my ways acknowledge him. Stop. This is all I need to worry about. I need to do what I do. I let God do this. I got to check my position. I got to see that I'm humble before him because when I do this, I'm like, God, I'm starting to worry about my future. I need to cast that on you. I need to cast it on you. Okay, so check your position. Number three, check your focus. Check your focus. If you want the peace that passes all understanding in verse seven, you need to do verse eight which says that you need to focus your mind on things that are true, that are pure, that are honorable, that are lovely, that are just, that are praiseworthy. Think on these things. Focus on those things. You've heard of the phrase, garbage in, garbage out. 
That's what Paul's getting at here. What we focus on has a lot to do with our worry. So I, I need you to, I did some stuff for you. You need to do something for me for this illustration. You guys, will you do that for me, please? I know some of you don't want to, but you need to do it. Okay, so here's what you need to do. Everyone close your left eye like that. Now take your right finger and put it, start to put it over your eye and put it over your eye until you block me out, so you can't see me anymore. You see, can you do that? Can you see me? Okay, good. Okay, so you did it. So here's what we're learning right now. A small thing held close to your eye can block out a bigger thing. A lot of us, take a small thing, our problems, and hold them over the retina of our soul to block out the enormous promises of God. And so we worry. Man, Paul is, Paul doesn't even seem human because this is what he says in, in Romans 8. I mean, it's, it's almost kind of hard to relate to, but there's, he says, for I do not consider that the sufferings of this present time, my problems, I don't know what your problems are, but his were he was shipwrecked, he was beaten five times, left for dead, left out in the cold, hungry, thirsty. He's in prison, and his so-called friends are out of jealousy and strife, are lying about him to make his prison experience even worse. I do not consider my problems, the suffering of this present time, are not worth comparing to the glory that is revealed to us. So he's going to focus. How do you do that? He focused on what is good, what is pure, what is lovely, what is helpful, what is praiseworthy. What is your focus? What is your focus? A lot of us put ourselves on a 24-hour bad news cycle. The gospel wants to put you on a 24-hour good news cycle. You are loved. You are accepted. You are eternally secure. You have a significance in Christ. And by the way, if you don't know that, I mean, that's why next week, even though it is Labor Day, you need to be in the growth track because you're going to see and know that you do have an significance. That's what the gospel speaks over you. It is a 24-hour good news cycle, but a lot of us, because of what we choose to focus on, put ourselves on a 24-hour bad news cycle. Practically, how do we get there? Well, we wake up in the morning, we pull out one of these, and we see these red hellish dots with numbers in them. And, and we look at, some of us get thrown by the number one, which means you have one notification. No one loves me. I just have one notification, you know, like everyone's forgotten about you. Or you'll scroll through social media and you'll see, you know, you know, you only got 27 likes, but this person over here got 85 likes. And, or you'll see a picture of two people and isn't it great? And they'll kind of dote on each other, how they're best friends. You're like, well, wait a minute. I thought I was in on that. And that's how you start your day. That's your, at least your first two hours of your day. Whatever is good, whatever is pure, what is lovely, what is praiseworthy. Focus on these things, not on those things. Some of you, it's not social media. Some of you, it's your favorite news outlet. And if that's you, God help your soul. Um, because it doesn't matter if you are politically left or right. Um, and we've got both of you in this church. You may not have met each other yet, but you're both here, and I love it. Um, here's what you'll never hear. if you get a, So if your favorite news app, so if you're more like you, you lean 
politically left. And so you turn on MSNBC and you hear them say that you'll never hear them say this. Hey, guys, uh, we just want to start our, this, the, day, the broadcast off with some amazing news from Washington. We just wanted to go over the five ways that Republicans, what they're doing to make this country a better place. We just want to encourage you with that. Or if your jam is, is Fox News, you're over that you lean right and, and, you're, and that's what you focus on, you'll never hear them say, you'll never hear them say, hey, we just want to start off with some good, amazing news. Here are all the ways that Democrats are making this country a better place. And I know what some of you are thinking. That's because they don't make it a better place. <laughs> so I'm talking to you. You put yourself in a position. You, put, you start your day off with that. And that's what you think about. That's what's running in the back of your mind. And then some of you like mix those things together. News and social media. And that is a dangerous cocktail. You, you go find the other people who affirm just the way you are. And, you, and what you do is you affirm each other in the bad news cycle. Yeah, I can't believe that happened. What's your focus? What are you focusing on? It's connected to your stress. It's connected to your worry. Or maybe you don't do any of that. Maybe you're like me and you look up and it's emails and texts. Work, work, work. Got to get ahead. If I don't get ahead, I'll lose and I won't win. You know, what, good, what good am I if I'm not winning? There's something out there I could be doing. I got to get up earlier. You know, the world's spinning at 1,000 miles an hour and I need to catch up. Just put myself in that. What am I focusing on? I need to focus on what is good, what is pure. So we have to put systems in our life to counterbalance that. You got to wake up with God's word. You know, I've got friends out in California in where the in like the Fresno area where there's, we got a church out there actually, and they've got these big, huge sequoias that are like billions of pounds and like, I don't know, like 100, up to 100 feet in diameter. And uh, there's no amount of wind that could ever blow these things over. There's no, I mean, you can push, push, push. There's nothing you can do to, that will bend these things over. And I, and, uh, I was like, hey, is there, it, what, what, talking to a park ranger, is there anything that could cause anything things to fall. It's like, there's one thing that can happen. If it rains long enough and hard enough and the water gets down deep enough in the soil, which never happens in that part of California, if it gets down deep enough in the soil, it will get so loose that even a gentle breeze will knock one of those things over. And what you and I need to do is we need to regularly and deeply soak ourselves up in God's word every day every single day until worry, just a gentle breeze, just knocks it over. Let me tell you something. My wife showed me something on my iPhone that I didn't know existed that has reduced my stress by 50%. I don't know if all iPhones have this, but I just didn't even know. Maybe you didn't know. It's called the off button. Like you could just, like you could turn it off. And like, I didn't even pray and it went down 50%. Like it didn't even do anything else. I just did that. And you can do that too. You don't have to wake up getting yourself on the bad news cycle. I'm not, I mean, my kids have iPhones. I'm not against that. I'm saying, but you've got to put yourself on a good news cycle. You've got to position yourself. Okay, check your focus. Fourthly, check your habits. Notice in verse nine, there's a connection between our peace and our practice. 
There's a connection between our peace and our practice. Um, for those who don't know, we're, we're one church with four different locations. And uh, between this location and Kirkwood, every Sunday, I drive back and forth. So I come here at the 9, I drive to Kirkwood, preach there at the 10, drive back, preach this service here in the 11. It is a 17-minute drive. It is always 17 uh, minutes. Um, and uh, all up and down 44, I've been doing this for four years, all up and down 44, there's cops everywhere, and I always see somebody pulled over. I've never gotten pulled over. You want to know why? I go the speed limit. <laughs> and now, I just got to be honest, there are times, accidentally, you know, it's the cruise control's fault, that there's sometimes where I may go over the speed limit or maybe like I'm not paying attention or something and, I, and I'll roll through a red light. What happens when you roll through a red light? There's a, there it is. You have this moment of, are there blue lights somewhere? Like, we're, like you have this moment of panic and stress, and worry, and anxiety. And that's what happens when you break the law. God has laws that are not meant to prevent us from fulfillment and joy. They're meant to protect us. And when you go outside of what God sets in place, there's a good reason to worry. So if you, if you don't obey his teaching on how to handle finances, there's a reason to worry. If you don't handle, if you don't obey his teaching on how to handle your sexuality, there's a reason to worry. Getting outside that, there's, there's a reason um, to do that. So you have to uh, check your habits. Um, let me just get real here for a second. Uh, well, let me say this, actually. Your conscience, so what many of us want to do is that we think that thing inside of us that tells us something is wrong here that makes us feel bad, what we want to do is we want to say, okay, I need, to, I need to bend my conscience. I need to adjust that. And that's what friends actually want to do too. Oh, you're okay, you're fine, da da They want to bend your conscience. Let me just say something. Your conscience is just fine. It's working the way it's supposed to. But when we get outside, that conscience is actually grace to us to let us know that we've, we're, that we've, it's like a, you know, it's like a check engine light to let you know that there's something wrong. And so when you hit that check engine light, you want to go back to the other verse, which is to go to God. That's what you do when your car is, you know, you get that check engine light in your car, you go to the manufacturer, you look, here, this car's broken, fix it. That's what we do with our check engine lights. We go to God and we say, God, I'm broken, fix it. But it is hard to be at peace when your practice is off. It's hard to be at peace when you're breaking God's law. So let me, I'll just, again, just get really real here for a second. It's hard to be at peace when you can't remember if you erased your browser history and your wife's on your computer. It's hard to be at peace when you're sleeping with your boyfriend and you can't remember if you took the pill last week. It's hard to be at peace when the only user that on Snapchat that your parents know about is your decoy. It's hard to be at peace when you try to go outside of what God has designed. You gotta check your practice. Finally, check your habits. Finally, check your reality. I think one of the most fascinating, the most fascinating part of this this um, section of scripture is verse five. He says, let your reasonableness be known 
to everyone. That word reasonable, I mean, it just blows my mind. We might say, Paul, you're the one who needs to get in touch with your reasonableness. You are on death row. You're about to get killed and you are rejoicing. There's something that's not sinking up here. And that's what you love about Paul. You can never get this guy down. You know, I mean, he just could not stop being in full of joy and optimism about who he was and who Jesus was. He's like, okay, we're going to put you in prison. He's like, great. I've been looking for an opportunity to share the gospel with the guards. Put me in there. All right, we won't put you in prison. We'll just beat you. I don't even consider the sufferings in this present age worthy comparing to glory. Okay, well, you know, we're going to kill you. I, you know, that'll just get me closer to Jesus. All right, we'll let you live. Well, to live as Christ. It's just like you just could not do anything. He's like, like a, a buoy. You just couldn't push him down. He just keep popping back up. And we would say, hey, man, you are out of touch with reality. You're not, there's, you should be freaking out. You know, you're in prison, but you're rejoicing. He's like, Paul, you're out of touch. And Paul would say, that's no, you're out of touch. You think I'm being unreasonable, but I'm the one being reasonable. You're being unreasonable. I am just taking my faith to its logical conclusion. The person who, cru- who was crucified for you controls your tomorrow. He says this in Romans. He says, he who did not spare his own son, will he not give you all things? I am being reasonable. You are not. I could not think of a better illustration than this one by Charles Spurgeon, who was a preacher in the 1800s in London. And he said this. So you have to imagine this is the 1800s. It talks about 1800s type stuff. Anyway, you have heard, you've often heard, I dare say, that pretty little story, which I cannot help telling again because it drops in here so appropriately, of the woman on board ship who was much disturbed in a storm while her husband, the captain, was calm and restful. She asked him why he was so placid when she was so distressed. He did not answer in words, but took down his sword and held it to her breast. She smiled. He said, why are you not afraid? This is a sharp sword, which which I could slay you in a minute. Ah, she replied, but I am not afraid of a sword when it is my husband who wields it. So said he, neither am I afraid of a storm when it is my father who sends it and who manages it. Now, since all the trials and troubles of this mortal life, mortal life are as much in the hands of the great God as that sword was in the hand of the good woman's husband, we need not be afraid of them, for they are all in his power. When he rides aloft in his chariot and the skies tremble at the sound, why should you tremble, even you timid ones? He who did not spare his own son, will he not give you all things? Christian, you need to check your reality. Jesus said, look at the grass, look at the birds. They, I, they are taken care of splendidly by your Father in heaven. And what is a sparrow sold for a few pennies? How much more valuable are you than the sparrows? Then he says, fear not, little flock. He knows we're just insecure little lambs and fearful. Fear not, for you have a Father in heaven 
who loves you. Check your reality. Let your reasonableness be made known to everyone. What is reality? What is real? The one who controls tomorrow was beaten until a point where his organs and his muscles and his skin was flapping in the wind. He endured a crucifixion that was, it was so cruel that people who were crucified would often try to get their hip out of socket so they just fall and die. The one who did that for you controls tomorrow. It is the reasonable thing to do is to rejoice in the Lord always. So here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. I know that it's possible that one or two of us are not in that mode right now, okay? I mean, it could be more, but at least one or two. We are going, oh, let me stand. We're going to cast our anxieties on God through prayer. We're going to humble ourselves. We're gonna humble ourselves. You can have peace. You can have pride, but you can't have both. You can walk out of here with peace today or you can walk out of here with your pride, but you cannot leave with both.